0: I'm Craig Stubing, and this is Thicker Than Water. In our first episode, my Aunt Laura was waiting to get the test results of blood work that would determine whether she had type 1 or type 2 diabetes. She gave me a call after she heard back from her doctor.
1: So your doctor calls you yesterday, and what does your doctor say?
2: Okay, so it was, you know, I've been waiting for this lab, and it didn't come in Friday, and I did talk to the doctor Friday, and I thought to myself all weekend, it's going to come Monday, and it's going to not be good, <laughs> but you, know, you have that little hope that maybe it was type 2, and it's not. So um, it was a beautiful day after we had snow all weekend, so the sun was shining, and I thought, oh, this is going to be the day. I don't know. For some reason, I thought this is going to be the day, and my doctor traditionally calls me at the end of his day which is around 4 or 4:30. So the phone rang at 4:10 and I, I knew it would be him and it was. So I said, "Oh, is it type 2?" And he's like, "No, no, no. You're type 1." I said to him, "I need just a minute <laughs> to absorb it, you know, because I had, I wanted to be clear in my thought and listening." So I I, I said, "Give me a second." And he did. And then I said, OK, what do we have to do? And then he told me, I'm not going to give you you know, the bolus for meals. We're just going to do this until I want you to call my office Friday morning. So I thought, OK, step one, I can deal with this. So that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm just going to do the once a night shot. I'm going to test. He doesn't even want me to test with every meal. He just wants me to test morning and then select either lunch, dinner, or bedtime as my second reading for the day. I'm assuming he doesn't want me to freak out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he did tell me not
2: to worry about going too low. You know, and I'm more worried about being too low than I am about the highs because the highs, I've been with highs. Yes, for a <laughs> so while.
0: Yeah.
2: highs are not, yeah. And now I'm getting insulin. So that can be taken care of. Um, That's where my prior knowledge is a blessing and a curse. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, because when I went to the nurse, you know, I I pretty much have a handle on, you know, how to count my carbs. I understand how to eat healthy. So my mindset, I think, is good. But it's bad in that I kind of know You know, I gotta get a handle on this. Yeah. Because there are some risks associated with diabetes. I'm gonna have to make sure I get within my blood sugars so that, you know, my eyesight stays okay, that I don't have uh, problems with my uh, feet and and nerves, that I um, don't have up and down highs and lows, you know, that I need to be consistent. And it's a little bit scary, but then I also know there's so many people like you live fine lives you're okay you know you can do anything you want to do and so that makes me know that it's possible it's not this big ominous thing that it's a it's going to be a nightmare for the rest of my life it's not
1: yeah I mean it's it's funny like like you were saying like right after you told me it was type one you texted me it was immediately like I have a question about traveling. What can I do with a pump? You know, what kind of right. low supply should I have? Um, yeah, you know all of these. You know enough of these things to, like, know what to ask without necessarily knowing, like, exactly how all the pieces fit together, I guess.
2: Right. Right. I, I haven't had to live it, but I really feel like I understand it. You know, like I feel like I've understood you yeah. all these years. You know, like I understand what you have and what you have to do every day, and and it just
0: well, that's the hardest when, part. You know, right? But when
2: it you, it's different. Like right.
1: understanding it, like like knowing how to put a pump on and like you know enter the amount of carbs is like one kind of understanding, but maybe not the most important measure of your handle on type one, like. Understanding the disease, understanding how you fit into it is kind of the thing that everyone tries to figure out that balance. Like, the people who travel or the people who run and, you know, the the other part, the technical stuff, like that, that's easy. I think the issue with you will be, and I think it's similar because you're very similar to my mom and me, is that we're all kind of perfectionists. And so that kind of like, is this, you know, is this soup 14 grams of carbs or is it 13 grams of carbs, you know, kind of mentality. And I think you will learn over time Mm -hmm. that one, like one gram of carb doesn't make a difference. And two, there's so many other factors sort of affecting your blood sugar that the grams of carbs are just like one tiny little piece of this very big puzzle and even if you get that perfectly right like all the other pieces might be a little bit wrong it seems so much simpler when i was diagnosed and you showed up at the hospital with a basket of like sugar free snacks
2: cuz i didn't i didn't want you to think you couldn't have stuff
1: <laughs> when you were in limbo you were like preparing yourself for to be type 1 like how did you preparing mentally for that, and then the doctor saying, you know, you have type one. You
2: know, it because there's always that little percentage chance. You know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you kind of in your in your mind kind of hold on to that little sliver. It's like you when know.
1: you buy a lotto ticket. Like you know you're not going to win, but when they start pulling those numbers, you think this could this could be you, it, s-
2: right? That's a good way to say it. It's just kind of this little sliver of maybe it is, okay, maybe, you know, uh, it is type 2 and he's just doing his due diligence as he should Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because you've told me and I know from also some of my reading that so many adults are misdiagnosed as type 2 and then it takes, you know, a a couple years can go by. So... On the one side, as much as I hated to hear it, I'd rather have heard it now than two years from now Yeah. to learn that it was misdiagnosed. So, you know, because the earlier I can get a grasp on it, the better off I am.
1: When you said, you know, I need a few minutes, like, what? what were those first thoughts?
2: I think my first thought was, <laughs> oh, blank. <laughs> 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 and then... It was like, okay, I can do this. And you'll, you'll laugh later. And maybe this is what went through my head. Remembering your grandpa, okay? Mm-hmm. He would have said, damn it to hell. <laughs> and that's probably how I felt, you know, this damn it to hell. And then it was like, okay, it's official. I know it. Move on. You know, so it doesn't mean I'm going to have the not have periods like even now where I kind of get, eh, you know, a little overwhelmed. Yeah. But it's better knowing than not knowing. I mean, in the realm of the world, if you put up going to the doctor because you fear something and it is something, you're making it worse. So... I'm glad I went to the doctor as soon as I did, as soon as I felt the symptoms, so I could get a handle on what it is. Yeah. And I'm hoping, because you've told me this, that once I get it under control, I'm going to feel so much better, health wise. I'm not—I don't realize—I was telling my husband. I think a lot of it is like um, <clears throat> the first time if you wear have to wear glasses, yeah, and the first time you go to the doctor. And you get the new glasses and you're like, whoa, Yeah. the world looks a lot different.
1: You don't realize how blurry everything was.
2: Right. Maybe I've been, I, I haven't felt extremely tired or real, real sluggish, but maybe I didn't realize I was.
1: Because you it came I mean? on so gradually. Yeah. So you took your very first shot of insulin last night. Yeah. What was that like?
2: Well, since I have been testing and I've gotten over that feeling, I just was telling myself, it's just going to be like that. If I feel anything, it'll be like that. And my husband was kind enough to go with me. He's so supportive to see the nurse. So I had him learn as well how to do the shot. And I said to him, I just, I really need you to just be with me to walk through it. And I walked through it, getting the prep. And then I, you know, just had to take a couple deep breaths because I knew this was the start (laughs) (laughs) of a different life. Well, you know, it is. And I gave myself the shot and it wasn't bad. You know, it. You know, I didn't feel it. You know, luckily nowadays the needles are so fine. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure I it administered it right. And I think I did. I think I have to learn how to go in and out straight. Mm. I might have came out a little crooked. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, there was no real pain. Yeah. Um I, and it's more of my. It was more of the concern of how to, uh, holding it down, getting all the insulin out, and then counting to ten.
1: Yeah, it's more mental the it. shot than it actually is painful. Correct. Yeah.
2: So once I get did it, I thought, okay, this is okay. <laughs> I can deal with this. So as soon as I'm able, I'm probably going to want a pump. Yeah. So that I'm not doing that as much. It's like, it's like, I think I have to just look at it as goals. You know, f- getting a handle on the blood sugar and my daily rhythm, getting a handle on what I eat, how much I eat, and, and its relationship to the insulin. And then, you know, moving on to where I'm using more technology, maybe being able to get the monitor so I don't have to prick my finger.
1: Yeah, I think that so makes much. a bigger difference than the pump. In terms of management. I think it does, too. So when you see yeah. your endocrinologist so ask about getting a-
2: Well, I'm asking about that, and I'm asking about the pump. What what do I have to do to get to the pump? Yeah. I mean, I have to try to get into an endocrinologist, and that's the other crazy part of healthcare. is they're not sure when I can get in. So when I hang up with you, I've got three selected that I'm going to start with, and I'm going to start calling to see who I can get into the fastest, yeah. because this is crazy.
1: So... That's, I guess, kind of where you're at now.
2: So my next steps are, uh, you know, start the regimen of insulin nightly and at meals, uh, figure out my diet, get an endocrologist, um, and then we're supposed to go on a trip in three weeks. Am I up to taking the trip or not? And um, things to deal with... um, communicating about the diabetes. Um, I know I can get a medical bracelet. I can get a tattoo like you have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say go for the tattoo. Never thought I'd get
2: a tattoo at 60. Well, I think I'm going to get the tattoo because it's the easiest way to communicate.
1: How about um, I come, when you go to Arizona in three weeks, I come out (laughs) and we get tattoos.
2: Ah, you're funny. Um, I was going to tell you, if I go, Uncle Kent and I talked about, if you were able to take a few days to come, if we go, it would probably help me a lot if you did, and we would probably help you get there. Yeah, yeah, I'll come. Let me get through the next two weeks I think I have to do, and then I'll feel better.
0: On the next episode of Thicker Than Water, Aunt Laura starts her different life. Thicker Than Water is a production of Beta Cell and is produced by me, Craig Stooping. A very special thanks to my Aunt Laura for continuing to let me record our conversations. This amazing cover of Lean On Me is by the incredibly talented Nina Raganese. If you haven't yet, subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get all our shows downloaded onto your listening device as soon as they're available. And if you love Thicker Than Water or any of the Beta Cell shows, you can support us on Patreon. There, you can get bonus clips as well as our brand new supporter only show, Out of Range After Dark. I'm Craig Stubing, and this is Thicker Than Water.